welcome back to the Keep It Quirky podcast. I'm your host, Katie Quinn, and this is the pod where I talk with fellow creatives and entrepreneurs about food, travel, and the discipline and drive to create. Passion begets passion. So come on with me and let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. Um, can I just get a quick show of hands? Who out there likes cheese? Okay, yeah, that that is something we have in common for sure. So I think you're going to like this episode, learn a little something from it. Today's podcast episode is tied to a video that I did that's actually just out today on Food52, which is one of my all-time favorite food websites, food resources online. So I partnered with them to do a series of videos. And in the one that's out today, I took viewers out to West England to an area called Cornwall because I wanted to show you all an incredible food that's made out there. And no, I'm not talking about Cornish pasties, although those are really stinking good. I'm talking about a really special cheese. Some of the best cheese in the world is made out there. It's true. That's not even an exaggeration. And I'll get to the specifics of that. For the video, I take everyone to line her dairies. They make Cornish yarg, which has received many, many, many accolades. It's a beloved representation of this really special part of the world. And although that has received countless awards, it's actually the dairy's Kern cheese, K-E-R-N, that received the world's best cheese award in 2017. That is like the ultimate supreme title you can get as a cheesemaker. And I knew about Liner Dairies because of my time working at Neil's Yard Dairy, which is London's preeminent cheese shop. Neil's Yard Dairy champions British farmhouse cheeses. Liner Dairy cheese can be categorized as farmhouse cheese, so these two companies are very aligned. So if you're scratching your head about, Katie, what is farmhouse cheese? These are mumbo-jumbo alien words to me. <laughs> Let's clear that up first and foremost. For me, farmhouse cheese making uh, represents the counterpoint uh, to the industrial dairy system. That was Gareth. He works at Neil's Yard Dairy and is actually my former manager from when I worked there. He was teaching a history of British cheese class when I got this audio of him talking about British farmhouse cheeses. So our mission statement is that we want to improve British cheese, um, which sounds very simple. Um, but like many simple things, as soon as you begin to unpack that, the picture gets a little bit more complicated. One of the things I'm, I really want to emphasize is the, the, the importance we place on farmhouse cheese. So when we talk about improving British cheese, we're really talking about that kind of relatively small segment of the cheese market, farmhouse cheese. To understand farmhouse cheeses as the counterpoint to industrialized cheeses, let's define industrialized cheeses. So I'll like paraphrase him now. Gareth says that the industrial dairy system basically imitates a factory model. So large farms almost universally are using one breed of cow, Holstein Frisians. They're fed a really high intensity diet and then the cows produce as much milk as possible. The milk is all pulled together, pasteurized, and it's sent on its way. So every step in the process has removed any unique quality that the milk may have had. I mean, and this makes sense. I'm not trying to demonize it. This is necessary to get a commodity that is the same for everyone out there. But farmhouse cheese making, by contrast, is that the milk being produced is evocative of that place in which it's being produced. Farmhouse cheeses celebrate difference rather than trying to cover it up to make it all taste the same. I hope that makes sense. We'll get a bit more into it. 
Gareth, thank you. You're awesome. The man knows everything about cheese, you guys. And now, without further delay, let's talk to Dane Hopkins. He's the dairy director at Liner Dairies. He's largely responsible for all of the award-winning cheeses I've just told you about. But as you'll find out, it really is a team effort at Liner Dairies. And again, with this conversation, I didn't have my normal podcast setup, so please bear with the audio, but I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Here's my chat with Dane. Dane Hopkins from Liner Dairies. Hello. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. What does a dairy that makes cheeses that have gotten so many accolades, like what what does a dairy like that look like? And I'm just going to cut to the chase and say that I was most impressed by the sense of team and the people behind the product. Um, and I'm wondering if if you would draw a correlation between that and and the final product of what you make. Well, the team uh, the team of cheesemakers we have are the most important thing within our business. Um, yes, we could say the milk's important, yeah, and yes, we could say um, the ingredients are important. But to bring all those ingredients together has to be a team, a team of passionate cheesemakers. Um, and that reflects in the end product, without a doubt. And if we jeopardize that in any way, we will see a difference in our product. So for, for someone who's not familiar with maybe the cheesemaking process or just doesn't understand the difference between an artisan cheese product and a standardized industry cheese product. Um, how is it that these people make a difference in how a cheese could end up tasting in, in the end? Um, well, basically, that would come through um, staying true to the recipe uh, and staying true to traditions, methods. Um, and that's what Yarg's fundamentally based on, is we don't steer away um, from the way it was made 50 years ago. Um, and we train all our cheesemakers against that process. So they're in no doubt and understand the feel of the product and what the product that we want to achieve at the end. So what is the story behind Cornish Yarg? Well, Yarg um, was founded, or Alan Gray found a 13th century recipe in his attic. Um, And from there, he took it to the kitchen and developed um, Cornish Yarg, which was a way of preserving uh, cheese by wrapping it in leaves. So from that point, then was handed over or was the recipe was bought by another farming family based in Liscard who then took it to a production scale um, of limited qualities um, but they wanted to get into the multiple market so therefore Catherine Mead came on board and lent her skills to increase that business um, not only from a commercial element but also a production element too and then from there um, the farming family retired and then Catherine brought the business and then brought it down to, uh, to Truro um, where we put it in a purpose-built unit and we, by doing that it allowed us to increase our production and hit a wider market with um, Yarg and also the sister cheese which is garlic Yarg um, but also, which is very vital for any small business is to, to allow us to grow and to bring on new products. But Yarg is not the only thing that Lined her dairy does kern, which I think I just had some, and I mean I'm I'm like still salivating from that bite. So tell me about 
Kern. Well, Kern was firstly developed after a travel to Holland by Catherine and myself. Um, we discovered a farm who was farming Jersey cows and milking Jersey cows. Um, whereupon, after the farm tour, he took us into his cheese room and said, would you like to try some of his cheese? And he was making very, very small scale. And we tried this cheese called Remica and it just blew our minds. And we both looked at each other at that point in time and said, this is what we need to replicate in the UK. Wow, I love those moments when it's just like light bulb goes off and like, this is the path we need to pursue. That's really special. It's amazing because we, we knew we needed to make another product, but we didn't know what. And the market is flooded with fantastic cheeses. It's to get that unique edge. What can we do different? Um, so we come back to the, the dairy. We went to the drawing board. I developed a recipe, which is a combination of a Gouda recipe and a Conte recipe. Pushed the two together and Kern was born. Um, and over the years, we've tweaked it and we've got it to the stage where we're all happy with it. And fantastic that last year in 2017, it won the World Cheese Awards. Um, and we didn't expect it. Um, and like I said, it turned our world upside down in, a, in an amazing way, not a negative way. And um, it's really put Kern on the map. You're still considered a, a small producer in terms of like industry, the scale of the industry. But you make a lot of cheese. Can you tell me what are like, you were throwing around like 250 tons of, what What are some of those numbers again? So in terms of milk, we, we produce uh, 2.1 million liters of milk a year, um, which will produce anything between 230 to 250 tons of handmade cheese products. Um, and that will be split across Cornish Yarg, which is our, um, our main product and we're most famous for. Um, garlic Yarg, um, on, of course, Kern. And then another little product we're, look, we're working on is called Stithians, which is a local farmhouse product, which is, which is pretty much only available to local outlets. So it seems to me like with all these accolades too and, and you know, increased exposure to the public of what you do, that you, that you could take it to the next level, that you could, you know, shed the artisanal past and like really just go full scale um is that as a i don't even like a businessman is that intriguing to you or your passion for your product is so clear um do you think that that it kind of goes against why you're so passionate about cheese making in the first place um Yes, we could easily take it to another level, but then you lose, I think, personally, you lose your identity. And we need to stay true to the core of the business, and that core of the business is cheese and our passion for cheese. Um, yes, we are a medium-sized uh, specialist cheesemaker, um, and the next level would be very challenging, and it would be very difficult not to, uh, have, well, not to make that um, more mechanical, which we don't want to do. Um, because we're a handmade cheese-making company, and that's what we're good at. So going back to your team, which, as we began this conversation, they are the true rock stars in in the cheese-making process. Um, you had mentioned that sh- you think that chefs make the best cheese-makers. Why is that? I think chefs have an understanding of food, um, of flavors, um, textures, um, and recipe adherence. Um, so when they step through the door, having not made a cheese, they were they just naturally adapt to it they are naturally adapt to reading recipes the feel the taste of the raw products the ingredients um, right through to the end product 
So, um, yeah, we always find that chefs make an amazing cheesemakers. And your background is you were a chef. You were in catering in London, right? Yes. I mean, that's um, not just saying I was a chef, but yes, I did start at the world in the chef. Um, and yeah, it, it led me into cheesemaking. Um, and the moment I stepped through the door of cheesemaking, I was addicted. Um, and, you know, I'm very passionate and very lucky to be exposed to uh, so many so many great outlets and, and, and to other cheesemakers. You know, it's a fabulous world to be in. Um, it's very rewarding, but on the other side, it's incredible hard work um, but the res- you know at the end the results pay off and makes it makes it worthwhile did you feel like you had an entrepreneurial spirit before you linked up with Catherine to begin this venture yes definitely I've always wanted to be in some sort of manufacturing food manufacturing and the time I got into it it was all becoming very specialized and that was intriguing to me because I was used to a very plain way of the world working in terms of food um, yeah and it it became very interesting and attractive to me. What what year was it again? Remind me when you guys began. Um, 2001. So 2001, Catherine and I, well, the year before, we, Catherine and I met, and she told me she had this idea. I came down for an interview with her, and the rest is history, really. Um, but with our skill base, it's very much Catherine's commercial and sales and marketing, and I'm very much production-driven. Um, but collectively, we have uh, an equal passion, and that is cheesemaking. From the from the marketing perspective, when I think about the the Cornish Yarg, let's take that. It is so unique. I mean, the fact that it's covered in nettles and it looks so cool. And I think a lot of people don't, they would see that and they would just kind of be intrigued by it off the bat. And like, that's cool. And I want to know more about that. From a taste element, what does that add to the cheese? Um, for, for the adherence of a nettle, like I said earlier, it was, a, it was a way of preserving the cheese. We've taken it to that next level that it's a, it, it's a way of presenting a nettle on an outside of the cheese um, it looks very decorative um, it does impart uh, a very mushroomy and earthy flavour to the cheese um, some people argue whether you, know, whether you can really notice that um, but definitely under the rind you can, you can notice that so you don't primarily add the leaf for flavour um, it's a technique more and a way of preserving that product with a natural rind so when some people would see something like that and be like, nettle? Like, how did that even come about? Alan Gray, he found this old recipe. So this 13th century recipe that he found actually had nettle included in it? Yes, definitely. Um, so it might not have been in the way that we see it today, but it was a way of preserving a dairy product in, a, in nettles. So wherever you were traveling, you would have your cheese in your bag, it wrapped in, and it was preserved yeah. in the way. But we've taken it to the next level and made it um, a commercial product. You've taken it to the next level and beyond. beyond. My audience, half of the people listening to this podcast are British and about half are American. So can you tell the Americans if where they can find your cheeses in America? So in America, um, we export through a company called Neil's Yard Dairy, who then um, deliver into whole markets and any other deli within within the region. How 
would you say, Dane, that Lined Her Dairy keeps it quirky? We keep the element of fun back in, into cheesemaking by the nettle leaf. Having this uh, childhood scary plant in the garden that stung me as a child and now it's my my life almost in, in the business and we then put it on a cheese, which is bonkers. <laughs> and I think that d- deserves the title of quirky. Yeah, I totally agree. Dane, thank you so much for sharing your time for w- the incredible tour that I'm going to tell everyone here more about what, what we learned. Um, and thanks for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. And so as I promised to fill you all in on the tour a bit more, it was really a walkthrough of each stage of the process of cheesemaking. And that's how we really saw firsthand the way that Liner Dairies makes a cheese that is craft versus assembly line cheese. It's a big difference, and I think it's one that you can really taste. So thanks again to Dane, and also thanks to Catherine Mead, who showed me around for the Food 52 video. I'll link to that video in the show notes so you can check it out and actually see some of the stuff we talked about in this conversation with your very own eyes. And warning, be prepared to drool. So this is kind of a mini Keep It Quirky episode for you all. I really just wanted to expose you to it to talk about farmhouse cheese. Uh, If you want more episodes along these lines, let me know. But I really just thought it was kind of worth mentioning. If you know about cheese or are into cheese in any way, please connect with me. Reach out. I would love to say hi. We can swap cheesy stories. It'll be great. Thanks as always to my brother Funky Brian for the theme song you hear. And until next time, don't forget to keep it quirky and eat lots of cheese. Bye. (laughs) 